All right, I still do not have an intro to this podcast, so I am just talking, and now you hear me after this little intro. Um, shout out to my little intro music. How do I shout out a song? Where am I trying to go for this intro? <laughs> um, yeah, that little that little uh, intro music I used for um, funny, not funny, just a story to share. I used that intro music for a project I did in like my junior year in college we had to make a song essentially or just like we had to make some form of a project like that involved us using pro tools and like using all that we were learning in our sound engineering stuff and just uh, edit record mix master a song and I put together that beat for it and when I was trying to create this podcast I was really trying to figure out what type of intro I could use and rather than just trying to find something off the internet, it's like, well, shit, why not just do it myself, you know? So I just pulled the uh, instrumental from that song, and boom, here we are with the pod. Um, yeah, that that's an awful intro to this episode. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. My name is Mo, your, friend, uh, your friendly neighborhood music head, and this is the Rent-Free Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Today is... Was today the fifteenth of June? It's a Wednesday. There's a lot of music that seems to be approaching on Friday, and I happen to be going on vacation this weekend, so like I'm gonna be out of town for the next week. So there's definitely wouldn't be a pod next week. So I figure like, hey, why not just throw this episode in, and then once I get back, you know, well rested, I'll have a ton of music to talk about. You know, here I am with a pod. I'm trying to. Trying to stay disciplined with the every two weeks thing. I'm truly trying here. Um, I'm currently watching my cat as she has found a a fly that has made it into my apartment. And she is on fly duty. So if you hear some random little pitter-patter sort of thing, that is her. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show, guys. Uh, episode 17. Jesus Christ. I have no idea how I've made it this far. But thank y'all for showing up. Um, I have just different news things to talk about this week. There hasn't been much music really that has come out that uh, really that's like noteworthy or anything. If anything, this past maybe, I want to say like this past month, I've just spent a lot of time diving into old discographies as opposed to like trying to discover new things. And so, um, yeah, like I've the latest person I've been diving into is Jeezy's catalog, Young Jeezy. I just really know the singles growing up. I've never really, like, dove into Jeezy's albums and whatnot. So, like, the way that on the last part I talked about how I dove into Chris Brown's discography, like, currently I'm diving into Jeezy, and I'm re-listening to Outkast because I love him to death, you know, and I am just kind of diving back into things. There hasn't just been much new things because the... Friday that is coming up is supposed to be insane with the amount of albums released. Um, from what I understand, I think I have it written here, there's a Joey Badass album, uh, an album from The Game, Logic, like, I think there's something from Black coming soon, like R&B singers or rapper, I don't know what he classifies himself anymore, but there's just a lot of music on the horizon, so I'm looking forward to that. But there's just a couple miscellaneous things I definitely wanted to touch on and just, you know, ooh, sorry, Mike, just sit here and chat about. So first things first, I am 
kind of stunned I haven't seen more about this, but to start the episode off, I gotta just shoot a huge congratulations to Jennifer Hudson. She is the youngest female EGOT winner ever. She has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony Award. That, like, I don't think the... I don't think people quite understand how monumental that is. I believe she's the second black woman to a uh, black woman to ever like com- conquer this feat. Uh, the only other one being Whoopi Goldberg, but Jennifer Hudson's only forty years old and has the accolades of an absolute juggernaut of a legend in this show business industry. Um, she was co-producing for the musical, what is it, A Strange Loop. Um, I haven't, I'm not really a, a Broadway person. I used to be when I was a kid. Um, growing up, I would get like, you know, family would get some tickets to see such and such and they would just tag me along. So like I've seen some different things, but I'm definitely not the, uh, the play or musical going to type of guy. But um, I was definitely familiar with the fact that she was on Broadway uh, every once in a while, whenever you get the big actors, there's going to be some news about it. But um, just the idea that she hasn't been doing this long and, you know, she ended up winning the Tony because the musical she was working on won Best Musical at the Tony Awards. So, you know, by proxy, she's going home with a Tony Award, just like everybody else who worked on the musical. And, um, yeah, it's just fascinating. I am super happy for her. I just think that she deserves all the flowers in the world. Um, Just getting a Grammy on its own as a singer who lost American Idol is (laughs) just insane. So to not only get your Grammy, but to get your Oscar, I I don't remember um, if she got her Oscar due to the songs she was working on for the Aretha Franklin biopic that she did. I don't know if that's where those awards came from. I know that she had gotten an Emmy prior to that. But, um, yeah, just the fact that she has, you know, accomplished one of the most, you know, like, highly prestigious, like, statuses in show business is just monumental. So, super kudos to her. Um, Other than that, I have a couple different, like, music-ish news things to cover. Um... Lizzo, shout-outs to Lizzo, um, I've, I, I find, okay, let, let's shoot into a tangent, I find Lizzo and Cardi B two of the most fascinating people in music, for a couple specific reasons, but not only do they make really good music, but there's something about the way that they came in, I think they were both like kind of at the peak of their um, hype, essentially, in that 2018-2019 window. But there's something to be said about the fact that you can have some of the biggest songs in the world, like Lizzo just coming in with that, uh, you know, wow, what's the name of that fucking song? Um, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100%. Like, um... Wow, I'm thinking of the whole chorus, but I can't think of the name of the song. Shoutouts to being unprepared. Um, Just the fact that Lizzo came in with such a smash single that was played at every single, you know, 
commercial, every single award show, every single, like it was, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that song from Lizzo, have an album to follow that up that was basically like, like Old Navy's soundtrack. Like it was, it hit such a niche for people who are, you know, casual music fans, but like their little bit of R&B, like their little bit of hip hop, like Lizzo was kind of, uh, her sound is unique enough that it genre bends so much. But I say all this to say that it's so interesting that she came into this music scene at the absolute top of the world and hasn't dropped music since, you know, just singles here and there similar to what Cardi B is doing, but has just managed to build this massive brand that is just undeniable. So you have, you know, she's doing TV shows, she's doing, uh, you know, product clothing lines she's doing like she's just kind of spread herself out so much that she it doesn't seem like she needs to do music in a sense you know even though that's where she got her uh you know like stardom from and it's very similar to what cardi b has done because she came in with this smash album in invasion of privacy and has since just you know stretched her brand out to something that is much larger than herself you know and how she can get political and how she has like what is it like a whip it sort of liqueur thing that's out in different liquor stores around uh, the country at the moment how she's she has tv shows how she has like all these different things going on it's very similar to what lizzo does so i say all this to say that um I admire Lizzo the same way that I admire Cardi B and just how they're able to, uh, I don't know, like transcend music in a way, despite being so like novel in the music industry. So as of recently, Lizzo has a new song out. I don't know what the, I think, what's it called? Pissed or like, there's, I forget what the title of the song is, but truly it doesn't matter because she puts out this song, and it has the term spaz in the song. So she says something along the lines of, I'm going to spaz out. And I guess to, you know, what surprised her, as well as, like, most of us on the internet as of now, is that spaz is a derogatory term. So it's, I guess it's like a like a short word for like spastic or uh, like spasm. And like, it's, it just has a lot of roots in uh, being a slur that is used against uh, non able-bodied people. It's an ableist phrase. And Lizzo had used this phrase in the song and there was enough public outcry and like a, what do you call it? Like a cancel, I don't even want to call it cancel culture because cancel culture doesn't work anymore. But like there, there needs to be a new word for when you have droves of people who otherwise wouldn't care about this person, but have a reason to uh, have a complaint that it just causes a, a very large like wave of uh, news coverage and whatnot. And so you just have this group of people who found the phrase offensive and there was enough, like, I don't know, label pressure and whatnot for her to issue an apology, uh, owning up to the fact that she wasn't, I assume that she's kind of said, like, she wasn't aware of just 
how like what the word meant and she has since re-recorded the song without the phrase spaz so she has since um i guess she just wasn't necessarily aware that the phrase spaz was offensive and she has since re-recorded the song issued this large apology and um yeah i don't know um it seemed like this wasn't that big of a deal i mean artists say things they don't realize are offensive and they apologize for it i mean i i look at what happened to lotto um or big lotto or mulatto how she was her name was mulatto and then it turned out that mulatto is an offensive phrase so she shortened the name to lotto and how uh you know it's just kind of words that we use on a regular basis that we don't realize are offensive to people and because of how massive these people are that say it there has to be some level of repercussions so it happened to Lizzo, and there's just this kind of, uh, I don't even know what to call it, like discourse on the internet maybe, about the use of the phrase spaz. I mean, I've used the term, like, you know, like people are just spazzing out, like people are just going crazy. It's more of like a, I view spaz as more of a word that you use to kind of say that somebody's like doing a really good job going crazy, like somebody is rapping like insanely well so they're spazzing out on a beat sort of thing but of course like now that i know there are some levels of uh hate that are like baked into the core of the word i'm not going to use it anymore like i don't really think it should be that deep of a a conversation really so you have these two sides of the coin where there's the people who view cancel culture as you know these this new wave of cancel culture, so to speak, as like, oh, these people are just sitting around waiting for something to be angry about. You know, they're just looking for something to sink their claws in that is even marginally offensive so that they can have something to, you know, just get galvanized over and whatnot. Then you have the flip side of people who view these ableist phrases and the people who are dismissing this outrage as like another level of silencing of this uh non-able-bodied experience so to speak and maybe maybe my like terminology for uh i don't know handicapped paraplegic i don't i don't know the proper uh, terms as i'm trying to navigate this discussion but um i don't know there's there's just a lot happening right now i don't really see it as a big deal if if people are offended by the phrase spaz i think we should just kind of stop using that term like I don't think that's that hard. <laughs> I think there are plenty of things that are offensive that over time we're going to be slowly weaning ourselves off of in terms of vernacular and what has been uh, normalized in our society as of semi-recent. But here we are, and <laughs> Lizzo's just been this uh, conduit for a lot, like a much larger discussion. Now, um, uh, Joey Badass had stuff to say about it. Um, I mentioned he has an album coming out soon, and he took to Twitter to have just a random rant about like how spaz isn't a phrase that uh, he thinks should warrant some cancel culture, and how he was like people attempted to cancel him maybe like five years ago for being homophobic and transphobic, and how. I don't know, he went down a weirdly, a very unnecessary rabbit hole of, like, 
why do artists feel the need to speak on things that they shouldn't speak about when they can just shut up? Maybe that's a level of silencing, but I don't, I don't know. He, he was starting to, hold on, let me grab my phone because I screenshotted just how weird the discussion got. He said something along the lines of, the internet told me I was canceled because I was homophobic and transphobic, and honestly, that was news to me. How do y'all know me better than I know myself? I remember I was homophobic in high school before I even knew the, what the word meant. I'm assuming he means the F-bomb, but I never hated people who were gay. I just uh, I was just insensitive about their feelings because I'd make jokes or say no homo and shit like that, but that was 11 years ago. I've grown a lot. All seemingly decent things to be saying in this discussion. And he follows that tweet up by saying, as far as transphobic, I've never been that. If my nigga want to be a chair, he got my full support. And it's like, you were, you were, this rant was already unnecessary, but you were kind of doing moderately well. And then you just kind of throw it out the window by like comparing the trans experience to wanting to be a piece of furniture. But here we are with Joey Badass wanting to sell something, so he needs to keep his engagements up on Twitter by throwing something out into the ethos that makes him a semi-topic of conversation. But here we are, and him. I don't even know if he said something along What do you say after that? I judge people based on energy, that's it. I got love for everybody who got love for me, even for motherfuckers who don't. Whatever. So, it seems as though this, <laughs> what was likely deemed when she was dropping this song as, you know, a new Lizzo single who people are just going to listen to ended up like snowballing into people like Joey Badass having weird, like just statements to say about things you shouldn't really be talking about. So I don't know, but, um, here we are. Uh, that was it on Lizzo. We have, um, unfortunately, Today, today being the 15th of June, today is Gunna's birthday. Um, I mentioned either on the last part of the pod prior about how I'm sure you guys are all aware that Young Thug and Gunna and like a majority of the artists on Young Stoner Life YSL records are under or in prison due to this federal indictment of a racketeering charge. And so um, today is Gunna's birthday. And he put out a post on Instagram, no, on Twitter. He probably put it on Instagram as well, but I saw it on Twitter where um, he just wrote about his experience currently in prison. And Thug had, I think Young Thug made some form of like a, like a, I think his lawyers are doing some level of a lawsuit against the city for the poor conditions that are in the uh, institution that he's in because like, there were pictures that were coming out of just, like, what the cell blocks looked like and just how, like, you know, the the bed frames, the toilets, there's nothing else going on in these different rooms, how, you know, there, there was just very, like, suboptimal uh, living situations for these prisoners. Now, um, today is Gunna's birthday, and he put out this thing on Twitter. Um, the title of the... He captioned the tweet, basically, like... Uh, 22 and 2, just a bed and a shower, no windows, just walls, can't see or talk to anyone. I'm writing now and still praying every day. 
I was raised to fight fire with water, even though my country's amendments have failed me. Protect black art. And he goes on with, uh, I guess he wrote somehow, uh, managed to write a letter from behind the walls saying uh, the iconic line that people have been talking about of this year I had the whole world pushing pee and just how he reached this level of stardom that he never would have expected and how he's now in this very uh, harsh, like solitary confinement level of experience wherever he's incarcerated in. And I guess he's in some level of, uh, like he's not in general population. I'm, I'm assuming he's like, I forget the word for it of, um, it's like high priority prisoners or like a, damn, I was thinking of the word earlier, but I didn't actually write it down. But basically like when you're uh, a prisoner of a certain like, level of fame and status they put you separate from everybody else of course and so i guess wherever they have him for this level of treatment just so happens that he's also essentially in solitary confinement and if you know anything about the prison system solitary confinement is just one of the worst things that has plagued the uh, prison industrial complex since its inception so i it it's pretty heartbreaking reading this thing from gunna just because Anybody who's trapped behind bars, it's already a sad situation, but anybody in solitary confinement is just a human rights violation that isn't really deemed a human rights violation by society. So it's it's sad. It's really sad, man. It, it hurt to read this letter. Uh, you could find it on his Twitter. I'm assuming you can also find it on his Instagram. So yeah, it's just very, very sad to see. And I guess thoughts and prayers, my, my thoughts and prayers are with Gunna. I hate the the phrase thoughts and prayers I, I i'm not religious i don't pray so like i guess my thoughts are with him but yeah it's just sad to see i hope he can get out soon but it doesn't look like he is because he was denied bail and he's going to be behind bars at least until january when his trial date is set for 2023 so i it sucks man i hope he and young thug and you know the rest of them are holding strong amidst all of this um yeah, I guess that, that's all I got for that. Um, there's a couple of different, um, on an entirely different note, trying to keep it semi-cheery. Um, there's a couple of different albums I wanted to mention. It's just two of them. Um, there's a new Harry Styles album out. I view him as a, like a very poppy, but kind of, uh, there's kind of some levels of like alternative R&B elements to his music, I would argue. And, um, I do really like his stuff, and his, you know, he has several different songs from his previous album that I regularly listen to, like Golden and uh, Watermelon Sugar, of course, and uh, plenty of different songs, but Harry Styles has a new album out, and it is one of the most polished pieces of art I have ever heard. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a project as well mixed as that one in the past few years, because... It's like every single uh, every single note that he sings, every single piece of, uh, you know, whether it's a guitar or a drum or, a, you know, a hi-hat or whatever the, you know, instrument is that they're using, it is so crisp. It is so, uh, it doesn't feel any level of sloppiness. It doesn't feel like he and some people got into a studio, just made a couple songs and here we are. It's like, this feels like a very long, uh, 
like a lot of time was spent fine tuning this album to be as you know musically precise as possible is kind of what i'm saying now granted the music is still good like me saying this is not a an indictment for the quality of the stuff i mean it's very high quality music but when something sounds that polished like i would say the last thing that i heard that felt this polished was um the silk sonic album the bruno mars and anderson pock collab thing which i wasn't a big fan of but it's like they it didn't feel organic sure maybe the concept of them just taking the uh, aesthetic of the 70s and recreating it to a 2021 sound was semi-original to them at the time but it just it sounded like the crispest thing crispiest thing possible maybe and I just wasn't a fan of it because not only did I not like the sound to begin with of them just carbon copying a previous generation of music, but it was so sharp. It was so uh, polished. It, I don't know. I don't know another like uh, way to describe kind of what I'm talking about. It's just like from a musical standpoint, it just feels like they put like the hundred, like a hundred phenomenal producers in a room and told them all to create one perfect beat. You know, like that's, that's kind of what I mean by like, there's no, uh, there's no level of experimentation in it. There's no level of, uh, Ooh, this song may or may not work. Like it's, it's crisp. It's perfect. It's like, they took a lot, a lot of time to make sure that this is exactly what they wanted to put forward. So Regarding Harry Styles, this is kind of what I feel about it. And it's still quality. I still think that uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it out in the summertime because it definitely feels like warm weather beach music that anybody can just vibe to. So I'm I'm excited to just hear it out in more, uh, you know, at a function, at a, you know, out of somebody's like the back of their car speakers or whatnot. But um yeah, Perry Styles album out, you know, kudos to him. He's he seems like a pretty cool guy considering he came from the the depths of like boy band pop fandom of the 2010s. So his uh I want to say his rebrand if anything is quite remarkable. But um yeah, there's a Harry Styles album out and 070 Shake. For anybody who is unfamiliar with 070 Shake Please get familiar. She is... I'm trying to think of uh, words to describe her. Uh, Alternative R&B is kind of the best way I can think of putting her in a box for a genre. It's more like kind of an experimental R&B type of sound. Um, Lots of synths. Mike Dean production and mixing and mastering all throughout so you know it sounds very uh quality but 070 Shake's ability to write very uh very raw lyrics amidst sonically sounding just so uh so ahead of its time I think when I think of the concept of futuristic music like music that I'm going to hear in 20, 2110, like 
a lot of the beats that I hear from Timbaland throughout the years feel like futuristic type stuff because just the patterns that he's picking are like so next level that I'm like, nobody else is doing this type of thing. You know what I mean? 070 Shake's ability to craft songs makes me get that same feeling. I guess that's the best way I could put it. Um, salutes to her. This album is amazing. I just ordered it. Uh, there's a signed copy that's available on her website that I got. But um, shout out to 070 Shake. Now, try saying that four times really quick. <laughs> um, yeah, t- salutes to her. And um, go check out that album. It's like 15 songs, about an hour long. It's like the perfect kind of uh, duration of an album to me. I like that hour-long experience. And, um, yeah, man, go go check out 07 No Shake. And regarding different albums that are coming out, um, I just learned within the past, like, 24 hours that there's a album from Boogie that's coming out very soon. Uh, West Side Boogie, I guess, is the way he goes by it now. Uh, it's always kind of weird, like, like on the Internet, it's kind of like WS Boogie, and sometimes it's just Boogie. I guess now it's West Side Boogie. I'm not really sure, but... Boogie makes some of the best conscious hip-hop music that I've ever heard. And his last album, Everything's for Sale, is one of my favorite bodies of work that came out in the 2010s. And he's just very... uh, I can't wait to see what type of music he's making just like like four or five albums deep. But he unfortunately only just has this one album album out now because he has just a couple mixtapes prior. But like... I just keep waiting to hear more and more music from him because he always finds very unique and interesting ways to describe his mental state and his experiences in life. And Boogie has this new album that's coming out, but I don't know why he announces he announced the album on a Tuesday and it's going to come out this Friday when you have like I mentioned a Joey Badass album, a Logic album and a uh uh album from the game. It's like why run that risk is kind of my confusion. Um, I'm happy for him. Like, I'm happy that this album's finally coming out because he's literally just been giving us fans of him blue balls for the past three years now. And it's like he'll, he'll drop snippets here and there. He'll drop a freestyle here and there. He'll drop tweets saying, like, oh, album coming soon every once in a while. But it's like, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this damn album. <laughs> and now we're finally getting it. But... I guess just from a marketing standpoint, I'm a bit concerned as to uh, how well this is going to perform. And unfortunately, he signed to Shady Records. And I just, I view everything that they do at Shady Records with like, uh, I I glare at it a bit differently. I mean, the way that the Slaughterhouse broke up from Shady Records, I guess, like seven years ago now, like the way that that was handled always didn't look right to me. And the way that they've kind of had, they've held Boogie on the sideline for such a long time. It's always looked kind of shady. The way that they handled West Side Gun and Conway the Machine, the fact that they took these very large underground acts, signed them, and there were all these different issues that came with them trying to finally put out their bodies of work. And I think they're now both completely removed from the label, but it's like the fact that it only amounted to a one album experience after all these years of waiting and whatnot it just looks real funny like the way that 
Shady Records releases music is it doesn't uh, it's not very industry standard of them. So I'm a bit worried as to how well this album is going to perform from Boogie. But nonetheless, I do definitely feel like this is going to be a great body of work. So still very excited to hear it. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to give it the benefit of the doubt. There's going to be a lot of music coming out. And I hate listening to, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just like plow through all of those new albums on my drive to my vacation because I'll be behind the wheel for several hours. So maybe, maybe that's when I try to dive into it all because it's definitely going to be a, a unfortunate that I won't be able to like kind of tweet about it the way I do like other albums and whatnot. But um, yeah, so new Boogie album coming out soon as well. But just looking at Shady Records a bit funny. So that's all I really got for music-related stuff. Um, I believe I talked about Stranger Things on my last episode. I think I did. I'm not too sure now that I really think about it. But it's still just very high-quality television. I think I might have talked about it when the release date was coming up soon, but I never talked about how I felt about the new episodes that did come out, like, I want to say three weeks ago now. Um, they were, they were all extremely well done. I have no criticism. I, I absolutely love what Stranger Things does and binging the whole series again prior to watching this new season, I felt was wildly important, but, um, yeah, just the actor they got playing Will in Stranger Things, I feel like deserves so many awards for how well he does this very awkward kind of, uh, uh, misunderstood lonely gay character in this uh monstrous like you know colorful world that is stranger things i just think that will's performance throughout the years has just been phenomenal but um very excited for this new season of stranger things supposed to be on i believe july 1st when it comes out and um that's all i really had for uh that but as of recent, I did want to mention a movie. I just watched the new Jurassic World movie, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. So I realized as this latest movie was coming out, I had never actually seen all of the Jurassic Park movies. So I had binged the original Jurassic Park trilogy. And as of recent, I watched Jurassic World, whatever that second movie's called. Um, it wasn't very good, so I don't remember the fucking title. But... Um, I watched that, I guess, the fifth movie in the Jurassic Park arc, whatever. And um, I just watched this latest film. And um, I saw it in a Dolby theater. And unfortunately, I went at a time when kids were just getting out of school. And I just happened to sit right where a family walks into the movie late and ends up sitting in my aisle, like talking through this whole thing and at least the first 10 minutes of this new Jurassic uh, Jurassic World movie I'm sitting there like okay I could barely concentrate on what's happening on the screen because you got one woman who just takes a phone call in the middle of the movie talking up a storm and then this other kid talking to his dad about what the hell's happening on the screen so now I'm starting to sit here, listen to Chris Pratt talk while also hearing some miscellaneous conversations to the right of me. And 
the movie just wasn't looking that good in the beginning to begin with. So I was really sitting there like, is this going to be the first movie that I ever just walk out of? Like, is this about to be it? Jurassic World Dominion is where my, like, cinema-watching heart goes to die. <laughs> like, it, it was one of the most awful experiences, but about, uh, I want to say that the family walked in about five minutes into the movie, and by about 15 minutes in, they left. So fucking fortunately. <laughs> and right when they leave, I'm able to actually, like, concentrate on what the fuck is happening on the screen, and... The, the movie was pretty good. Like, from there, what seemed like a really mediocre to bad movie just turned into an actually pretty great one. And, yeah, like, salutes to Jurassic, like, the Jurassic Park series to kind of pull from the magic that was the first film way back in the fucking 80s and create a story that was actually, like, in- interesting and riveting that I wanted to watch, you know? So, yeah, salutes to them. I mean, the fact that Jurassic, this new Jurassic Park movie that has the original cast members comes out just, what, a week or two after the new Top Gun movie came out, which was phenomenal as well. It's like, it doesn't feel like these new box office films are just doing like what Disney's doing of, oh, Lion King worked for us 50 years ago. Let's bring back Lion King. But don't change anything. Just do it again. Like, I've hated the way that Disney's just been uh, capitalizing off of nostalgic culture that kind of is the 2020s as of recent. But I admire the fact that this latest Top Gun movie just didn't feel like a sequel. Or like, it didn't... I don't, I don't want to say a sequel, because it definitely felt like a sequel. It felt like they weren't just trying to replicate entirely what the original one was. And just build off of people who just wanted to see the old movie. But again, you know, it, the new Top Gun movie was a movie in itself that I would argue is better than the original. And it had its own unique elements that made it what it was. You know what I mean? So I just admire that Jurassic Park was able to kind of do that as well. And this kind of new era of, I don't know, not necessarily remaking the old stuff, but pulling from the past in creating something original you know, so, yeah, that's, that's all I really got for this, uh, episode, really, rent-free segment, uh, what's been living in my head rent-free this week is just the audacity and the gall of Top Dog Entertainment to give us a SZA Control Deluxe album to put six no, 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 no. To put five unreleased songs and a song that's been sitting on SoundCloud for half a decade, I I found this SZA Control uh, album deluxe to be a spit in the face for all of us fans of SZA and all of us Top Dog Entertainment fans. Like, the idea that TDE has been has had all of these new artists come in and have all of these, I guess at this point for them, legacy acts, sitting around as we all wait for new albums. Like, every single person on TDE is due for an album. We finally got one from Kendrick, but the way that TDE stomped on Kendrick's uh, like rollout entirely, just stomped on 
him having a big second week of album sales. They didn't give the album any form of promotion. They didn't put any form of merch. I mean, like, did you guys see what the merch bundle was for the latest Kendrick album? It was a CD and just a white t-shirt that had freaking Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers in just, like, aerial font. Like, no design, just white shirt, black words, that's it. That's the bundle. Like, I found just the way that they handled Kendrick so nasty. And now they put out a SZA Deluxe album five years later with just old music. It just feels off. And I, it's been running through my brain a lot lately. Just what is going on and what is taking so long for the roster of 12 artists to put out music. So... I don't, I just don't know what's going on anymore. It it would be one thing if somebody like Frank Ocean came out with a deluxe album. Because, at least with Frank Ocean, his album came out six years ago now. And he hasn't really released much music since then. There's clearly no level of, uh, no level of indication as to when or even if we're getting a new album from him. He's been, I know he, Frank Ocean now has a deal with like A24 for like writing his own movie. He has uh, different, he has like a jewelry line that he started up last year. He has, uh, a, I think, multiple like nightlife sort of bars within like downtown Manhattan. Like he has all these different business ventures that he's been going into as of recent that if Frank Ocean just came out of nowhere and said, hey, here's a Blonde Deluxe, here's five more songs. I think that would be cherished more because it doesn't seem like we're getting anything else new anytime soon, so why not just give us some leftovers, you know? But SZA has been actively not only making new music, but releasing new music as kind of lead singles for upcoming projects that never come out. And all we keep hearing from her is the complaints from the label and complaints as to how she wants this album to come out and how she wants to release this new music, but things keep holding up. And I don't know if it's something business-wise as to maybe she's reworking her label deal. I don't know if it's a TDE issue. I don't know if it's just the parent company and Interscope having an issue. I don't know what's going on. I just know that as a fan, it's frustrating that they're just throwing these old songs in our face as just something that we can appreciate while we've been just waiting half a decade for our favorite artists. So... I don't know, maybe it's the pessimistic view that I have of it. I guess some people have enjoyed the songs. I thought they were just okay. Out of maybe the six that were on there, I think I favorited like two or three of them. But even the Love Galore alternative version that they threw on this album, it felt and sounds lazy. It's not like... Like, you can hear the point where... It's love galore, love galore, love galore. And then right when Travis Scott's about to come in, you can literally hear his vocals kind of charging up. You hear the beginning of him starting to say something and then it chops and then you get the SZA added on verse. They could have made that sound more seamless, but in hearing the song and the progression of the album, it feels like they just took the original song, SZA, like, recorded some verse and the engineer was like okay let's just chop this put this verse here 
that's it, send. Like, no level of interest in trying to blend the, you know, verse into the previous one, like, from the chorus to the verse. Like, maybe I'm just getting more, like, technical in a sense, but it felt lazy. Like, I, as a very amateur mixing uh, sound engineer, could have probably done better in making that little transition sound better. And if I'm thinking that way, then it just comes across as very lazy. So, I don't know. I still really do like SZA. And I do feel like whenever we get this album, it's going to be amazing. But it, it just feels so disrespectful by the label to just have us all waiting. And with no levels of indication as to how long this wait is going to be. So... I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But um I think that's it for my episode. I think that's all I got for this episode of the pod. I do have a song suggestion for the week. My song suggestion is Nia Sultana. She has a song with Rick Ross called Proven. I I think I followed Nia Sultana on Twitter, but I didn't really know who she was. I just knew she was a singer. And normally like if I if I see an artist post a snippet and I hear and like the snippet, I'll just follow them and then keep it pushing on my feed because then I'm going to see when they drop a new song and like I'll be like, oh, who is this? Like, It's like I just follow them just to keep a tab on them. I don't even like take the time out immediately to see who they are as an artist. And I think I just accidentally stumbled upon Nia Sultana's music and she has this EP that just came out just a couple weeks ago. There's a feature from Rick Ross. There's a feature from Cheya Crew, if you guys are familiar and it is so high quality R&B and from what she has said this is her debut body of work all she has prior is just singles but this EP is really really good (laughs) and I highly recommend you guys check it out this song is called Proven by Nia Sultana N-I-A-C-U-L-T-A-N-A I'll have a link in the episode description, but it's just really high quality, like modern R&B. So, and Rick Ross is Rick Ross. He's going to add that perfect hip hop element to the thing that is R&B. So check that out. (laughs) Highly recommend. And that's the episode. I'm hoping that this isn't another hour long pod. Um, Hopefully this is much more shortened. The aim was to do that. And yeah, this life has been crazy lately, but still just creating and recording this podcast really helps me through a lot. So I'm hoping I'm not just sitting here talking and being a Debbie Downer for however long this pod is. Like, I'm hoping that you guys like semi enjoy this and, um, yeah, uh, more stuff coming soon uh in, in the level of church announcements i am semi getting into djing i have a dj controller that i got recently and i'm just trying to practice and do different little things so i have a mix that is available on mixcloud it's the it's like the one of the most seamless sites i've ever seen in terms of just djs being able to share their mixes i'll put a link in the description as well as on my website but um yeah, I have a I have a mix up on Mixcloud. It's my first ever DJ mix. It's all like late night R&B is kind of the 
like vibe I was really going with. Um, it's mainly all mainly male R&B singers. I realized in post, but it's it's fun. I, I enjoyed making it. Uh, hopefully, there's some artists on there you may have not heard before. There's gonna be songs that you probably have heard, but it's an hour of just songs. You know, like throw it on and listen. Uh, if you guys are interested, the link will be in the description. Mixcloud is free. You just download it. You're able to play the stuff. It'll tell you what song is playing, and yeah hope you guys enjoy um check that out if you so please and i think that's all the average church announcements uh follow me on my photography instagram uh i'll probably put a link to that in the episode description as well stills by mo on instagram i just continue to take photos continue to churn stuff out it's just a nice little like passion project of mine to just you know capture things in a unique way so follow the photography instagram stuff is gonna continue to go up on there and yeah i think that's it um yeah just follow me on instagram follow me on twitter you know socials are gonna be down below and yeah thank you guys all for listening i appreciate you all uh hit me with any feedback you know like subscribe i don't know comment comment on the uh, podcast like on Apple Podcasts, so you can just leave a rating and whatnot. If you so feel, to give me a five stars. Give me a five stars. It's all appreciated. So thank you guys so much. I'll catch you all on the flip side. Have a good one. Peace.